Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Yes. This is Thunder and Lightning. It's actually lightning tonight. No thunder. Brian Haydad is out taking a uh, well-deserved Christmas vacation, if you will. Hope he's not putting up any lights like Clark Griswold or uh, tearing down any trees. But nonetheless, I'll be on here for the next hour. This is Robbie Falk, the other half of Thunder and Lightning. Uh, If you are an avid listener of the podcast, I appreciate you guys first and foremost. But you know who I am. If you're tuning in, you have no clue who I am. Well, I'm Brian's uh, podcast co-host and also a uh, beat writer for Mississippi State at the Starkville Daily News and 247 Sports. And I'm going to be sitting in tonight, talking a little bit a little bit of Mississippi State sports and bringing you guys some conversation. I appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, you can uh, dial in the uh, C Spire text line to send in your thoughts, or if you have any questions, drop them in there, 601-879-4395. You can drop those in tonight, and I might glance at that a, a time or two and and uh, give my thoughts. A lot of talk about as we're in the middle of this Christmas break, and uh, you know we, we will uh, break it all down for you, whether it be uh, Mississippi State signing class that they just signed and, and kind of what they have uh, left to fill there in Jeff Lebby's first signing class. We also have the transfer portal, as you guys have been following, and that thing is just absolutely taken off in college athletics, and there's plenty to talk about there with regards to Mississippi State because there's a lot of spots that, that the Bulldogs have to fill with the transfer portal in the coming weeks, and there's already some action there, so we're going to discuss that in full. Around 6.20 or so, next segment or in a couple of segments, we'll have Sam Purcell, the women's basketball coach for Mississippi State, to talk about the first half of the schedule with non-conference play. They got a big win last week, again, or a couple weeks ago, I guess, against Colorado State. They got another game coming up this week as well, so we'll discuss that. And also Chris Jans in the Mississippi State men's team. Huge win on the road against Rutgers. We'll discuss that, as well as some big announcements coming up for Mississippi State in regards to its high school recruiting class. So let's start off with the Mississippi State signing class of 2024 uh, before we get started on anything else. Jeff Lebby came into a situation where a lot of the class was already signed, but there was a ton of guys that they had to, to finish with, and also a few guys that were still out there that the Mississippi State had to make up a lot of ground with. And one of those guys, obviously, was, or a couple of those, Stonka Burnside from Startville High School and also Daniel Hill from Meridian. And we'll discuss them a little bit uh, further in the show. But the Bulldogs were able to sign 20 guys in the first signing period whether it be from high school or junior college, and there's a mixture of both in there. 
obviously, to me, the position group that had uh, garnered the most attention so far in the early signing period and also what could come in the next few weeks is the wide receiver group. And one of the first hires that Jeff Levy made when he landed at Mississippi State was retaining wide receiver coach Chad Bumpus. And if you're a Mississippi State fan, which I imagine most of the people listening to this show are, that is a former Mississippi State Bulldog that played at Mississippi State from 2009 till 2012, I believe. Bumpus, uh, you know, you'll see him all across the board as far as receivers are concerned in the top ten for what he did at Mississippi State. Catching the football, um, you know, touchdowns, yards. He's, you know, littered across the board in that record book, and he is turned in a coaching career now that's been really successful. He was at Buffalo, I believe, a really good stint at Utah when they went to and won uh, back-to-back Pac-12 championships, and he came home to Mississippi State last year and finally got his shot here at Mississippi State as wide receivers coach. And one of the first hires that Jeff Levy made was retaining Chad Bumpus, and it's uh, it's paying off dividends. He signed one of the highest players in the class and North Panola wide receiver J.J. Harrell, and then he got two big commitments at that position in the last couple of weeks. Wide receiver Mario Craver, who's right on the verge of being a four-star composite player from Clay Chalkville. You remember he won a state championship a few weeks ago with Clay Chalkville in the state of Alabama, a guy that has been electric on the football field over his high school career. And then also went and got from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, and Houston County, Ricky Johnson, who was committed to Stanford. If you're not familiar with how Stanford operates, they're a, a it's it's an institution. Obviously, it's tough to get into, as you know, academically. And you know, guys honor their commitment there, and that's one of the things that they talk about in the recruiting process. As we we want you to stay committed, and if you are taking extra visits and things like that. That's not something that flies with with Stanford. So Ricky Johnson visited Mississippi State the last available weekend before signing day, kind of under the cover of darkness. A lot of us knew about it, but one of those things that you don't really report because you know you're asked not to because of the repercussions that could possibly come for Ricky Johnson if you know things don't work out. Well, Chad Bumpus was able to get him flipped. And that's a guy that I think is a big win for Bumpus in the recruiting trail to get that kind of player. 6'1", 170, a guy that can make some big plays for you there, wide receiver as well. And then also Bumpus able to land um, San Francisco McGee from Macomb, who was committed to Ole Miss. Back in the summer, if you remember, that was a guy that you know Mississippi State felt like was close to committing. And instead he committed to Ole Miss late in the process, decides to decommit. He has not officially signed, is planning on signing with his teammates in February, but doesn't seem to be uh, any worries there with San Francisco McGee. It looks like he's going to end up in the class. And then also uh, Kelly Akari, the wide receiver from UTEP, out of the transfer portal is the is the big transfer portal win for Chad Bumpus to get a ready-made wide receiver. Because these other guys, it might take some time for those guys to develop. You're not expecting those players to get on the field immediately for you next year. Kelly Akari is a guy that will. 1,000-yard receiver, one of the top receivers in the country in, in uh, you know yards per catch, and he's a big play threat for you and immediately kind of gives you some credibility in that Jeff Levy offense next year. So uh, exciting piece there for uh, Chad Bumpus, and then you know we'll see what happens with Stonka Burnside. And again, we will kind of break him and, and, and Daniel Hill down later in the show. 
The transfer portal has been interesting for Mississippi State so far. Blake Shapin, the Baylor quarterback, committed kind of out of nowhere for Mississippi State. We weren't really talking about him until that first official visit weekend, and that news broke with Pete Thamel reporting it. And initially, you know, a lot of people kind of concerned with that being the quarterback for Mississippi State. But when you start to really dive into what he was able to do at Baylor, I thought he was really impressive when he was healthy. You know, that that's kind of the, the the gist of it. He needs to stay healthy. But when he was healthy, he was a guy that was really good for Baylor. Completed 64% of his passes, over, over 5,500 yards, 36 touchdowns. Not a guy that's going to throw a ton of interceptions. He had a tough year in 2022 with 10 interceptions compared to his 18 touchdowns. But 36 touchdowns to 13 picks over his three years there at Baylor, um, you know, was a guy that was a big part of things in 2022 for them and then last year as well before getting injured. So if he is healthy, I think this is a good pickup for Mississippi State. He's got some credibility. He's done a lot of things in the Power Five. So I like what they got there. The center, Ethan Miner, from North Texas, I think is a huge pickup for Mississippi State. The number two rated center in the country last year by Pro Football Focus uh, and how he graded out was rated an 88 on uh, 247 uh, in the transfer portal, top-rated center in the transfer portal. So that's a guy that comes in immediately and starts for you next year in place of Cole Smith, who has graduated. Huge pickup there. I thought McCollum Pounders from Memphis was a huge pickup at left tackle. That's a player that a lot of people remember in the recruiting process, committed to Mississippi State. You know, the, they had the flip game going with Ole Miss, and that was a, a, a tough loss for the Bulldogs when he flipped Ole Miss. Well, then he gets dropped before signing day, and he's kind of left without a spot. And he ends up at Memphis, turns in two really good years last year, gave up one sack the whole year at left tackle, and he becomes one of the you know hotly recruited offensive linemen in the portal before landing at Mississippi State. And you talk about a kid that's fired up to be in Starkville. That's McCollum Pounders and uh, should be a guy that starts from Mississippi State immediately. Um, a tight end, you got the Ball brothers, Cameron Ball and Justin Ball. Cameron Ball coming from Buffalo, Justin Ball coming from Vanderbilt. Should give you some some good pieces there for a tight end group that you're trying to uh, rebuild after several years of not having it. Last year they had to move some guys around, and that didn't really work out for them. So I'm excited to see what they do at tight end. Got some other pieces, too, on the defensive and offensive lines, and we'll discuss that a little bit, too, in the uh, in the coming segments. But want to remind you guys, we've got Sam Purcell coming up and a whole lot of other Mississippi State sports talk coming your way over the next hour. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be right back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Thunder and Lightning Live here in Super Talk Mississippi. Robbie Falk sitting in for Brian Haydad. I'm sorry. 
Your guys are going to have to go without Brian for one more week, but he's getting a much-deserved break. Here's a guy that's gotten a much-deserved break, Sammy St. Nick. <laughs> Coach Sam Purcell is on with me, and uh, you know, a guy that, that I know has the Christmas spirit. Coach, how was your Christmas? Hey, ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays, Bulldog family. It was great. And, Robbie, I think we've talked about this before, and, and that's the best part about being a, a dad to three little girls. It's it's amazing, the, you know, just to see the, the hope and dreams and the spirit they have and Santa and the gifts, and I'm just trying to cherish it before they become teenagers and they all want new cars and they run me over. <laughs> yeah, I know how that uh, how that's going. I've, I got a five year old, so we're getting there. Um, yeah, you got some good gifts in non conference play. Twelve and two start to the year, and you had a a little bump in the road with some injuries, but it seems like your team's playing some good basketball right now. I mean, y'all were eleven and two, I think, last year. At this point, yeah. you got a chance to go thirteen and two this week. What's kind of your assessment on on how you've handled the non conference portion so far? Yeah, no, I'm I'm extremely excited. Uh, I love the adversity that's been thrown away. I mean, I'm if, if fully healthy and everything going perfect. Uh, to your point, we should be fourteen and zero. But I don't know if I'd be happy fourteen and zero because how hungry are you as we approach SEC play? Because the one thing I learned in year one is you gotta have you gotta be some hungry dogs because this league will eat you up. So for us to have some injuries. Have some kids have to play some minutes, and uh, even my coaching staff having to st- you know step up for me for being out. All that adversity only made us better, and if we can learn from that, which I believe we did, then like my philosophy always is, it'll help you be playing your best basketball come March, and I think we're on path for that. You've had so many players step up too, and had huge games. Uh, you know, you look at what Jessica Carter did a couple of weeks ago. Lauren Park Lane obviously had that huge game. DeBrisha Pose had some big games. Jerkayla Jordan. You even had uh, you know Dorian Rogers coming off the bench and having some really good ball games. What's kind of you know your thoughts on the depth that you've built here and the ceiling of this team if everybody's kind of performing up to task? Yeah, just shout out to everybody else on, on my team. Shout out to my staff for identifying different players that would make us a great team. And then shout out for the team for taking on roles and uh, opportunities that are different than maybe what they've had in the past and, and being willing to play together to become, you know, again, our hashtag is one. And that's what I truly believe I have. I, I believe I have one special team that's willing to make sacrifices for the betterment of each other. And, you know, for our fans who were able to watch us play at Colorado State, we played a really smart coach. And I know our fans are like, how smart is it if you left Lauren Park Lane open for 10 threes? But he knew that he couldn't beat me one-on-one like other teams. So he was going to make other kids step up and make outside shots on the road because they knew they had no inside presence to handle Aaron and Jessica or else we could have put up a hundred. So he challenged our, our group for other people to, to make shots. And you know what we did. So I couldn't be more happy as a coach for us being able to win the way we are, but we've won so many different ways uh, with the teams that we've played because we've seen uh, a Memphis team who is, full-court press and make it ugly to a Colorado State that was five back and collapsing the paint. So the future is definitely bright. 
Speaking on that Colorado State game, Lauren Park Lane, as you said, just a, a magical night there. 33 points, 10 three-pointers was a, a Mississippi State record for men or women, and she was named Player of the Week in the SEC this week. Th- this is something that's new to Mississippi State fans because they haven't seen it from her, but I think that was her 12th 30-point game. This is something that she's done throughout her career at Seton Hall. And here she's been, she's done some things differently. I think she has six assists a game, one of the SEC leaders in assists. So she's done a, done a lot of different things for you. But do you feel like what you've seen you know, in the past week or two, do you feel like she's turning a corner and, and kind of becoming the player that you recruited, the player that you thought, you were getting. I know she's. I know she's helped you a lot in different ways. But as far as the yeah. scoring aspect, do you feel like she's kind of getting into her uh, element here? A hundred percent. And I think it was. Uh, gosh, what was it, Robbie? It was. It was before the Jackson State game. I want to say Kennesaw State or uh, one of those games where I, I saw something that I was so proud of as a coach that I came out and I had a set play because I usually like to run a set play to start the game. And my team turned down that shot, and I could see them trying to get Lauren the ball. And they didn't tell me nothing, but I could just see their body language and how willing they were to find her. And I said, oh, baby. I looked at my staff. I said, we got something special because Lauren came in here to join other great players. And she sacrificed and turned down shots for her to help make sure the players that are here that are really good have get off to a great start. And it was cool to see our players that are returners to embrace her and say, you know what, LP, we appreciate how much you've been willing to sacrifice. Now get yourself going. And when you got that unselfish attitude, um, man, you got a special team. And that's what we're watching in front of us. And now she's getting going. And then I've told her now this is how women's basketball works. You and Jerkaylor are having unbelievable numbers along with Jess, so now everybody's going to be focused on you three. So now it's it's going to be somebody else's turn to step up because they're going to try to you know work so hard to take away their games. When you look at this, you know non-conference slate it ends on Friday night, six thirty at the Hump against Mississippi Valley State, and then you jump right into conference play. You got Vanderbilt and Starkville, then you're going on the road to play a pretty darn good team in, in South Carolina, get to play that on ESPN. You know, you look at, the, at what you've done so far, and, you know, you seem to be sitting in a good spot as far as, you know, your NCAA tournament resume is concerned. Last year, you were kind of on and off the bubble, and there, there at the end, you know, you're kind of sweating it out. What do you feel like this team needs to do in conference play to make sure that you are firmly in the NCAA tournament and, you know, possibly even pushing for that host spot, one of those top four seeds? Yeah, great question. I mean, first and foremost, you always want to finish 500 in the league. I can't remember what the statistic is. It might have only been one team in the last 20 years who've had a 500 record not be in the NCAA tournament. So you want to finish eight and eight. And then to your, to your second question about hosting, you got to be in the top three. You know, I like where we're at with the net. I think they're going to evaluate that I didn't have two starters for the Miami game who's top 25. Obviously, they just fell out, but we played them at home to a, what, four-point game, and then losing at UTC, who I expect to win their conference, uh, the committee obviously will turn that in so we can get some credit 
you know, and not have it go against us. So I think it's we're right on par for what I had envisioned to put us in position if we can, you know, steal some quad one wins. You you got to beat a quad one team to be in that area to your second question of hosting at home. Can we steal one at South Carolina? LSU at home, can that be my first sellout where I know all our fans have read and heard about LSU, but we got them at home. Can I get that same crowd that we get for the men's one time and get that thing rocking? Because the one thing I know about the hump, baby, it is special when it's fully packed and loud, and I've got a special team that would just go through the roof. And can we maybe steal one like we did last year against Tennessee? Um, so you get on that kind of roll early, anything can happen, but obviously we got to take it one game at a time. Mississippi Valley State, you know, I'm never going to lie to my team or our fan base. They're not an elite team, but here's the thing, that I'm giving you inside scoop, Robbie, because you are my guy. DeBrisha Poe ain't going to play. I'm down another player. All right, she's hurt. She's out, so, you know, I'm hoping to get her back. Um, so now we're down to nine again. So some other people are going to step up, have to step up and take on roles. So uh, that's why playing at home is the best uh, home remedy that, you know, helps you know, cheer us on and get us through, and let's get that uh, mojo back that we had right before Christmas break. You can't catch a break, can you, on the uh, on the injuries? <laughs> no, we can't. I mean, between sickness and, and just random injuries, it's just been that kind of year. But, again, I'm, I'm a man of faith. I believe everything happens for a reason. Other kids get opportunities for minutes, and like I said, it helps you later in the road where if we get everybody back and everybody healthy, it makes me a better coach. It makes our team deeper, and then most importantly, I've got a lot of players that got experience and and quality minutes that uh, will make our team better. we got one minute, Sam. I I just wanted your thoughts on the – experience that you have as a head coach with the men and the women team really clicking on all cylinders right now? Yeah, I think it's awesome. I, again, I think it's, it's it's credit to Chris Jans. I, I always said, you know, because I worked at Louisville and, uh, and Georgia Tech and no bash to those other coaches, but it starts with the men's coach. The way he values women, the way he values me. He's kind of my office. When I was sick, he was calling and texting on me. Um, it just speaks volumes of him, and I think it's karma. When you have two guys who genuinely care about each other, but our programs cheer for each other, it's cool to see us both have success and be each other's best fans. Uh, I know I love it when our girls always say, if you ain't a dog, you're dog food. And, you know, that's credit to men's basketball. Awesome. Sam Purcell, ball full of energy. I appreciate you, man. Go see him this Friday night, 6.30 p.m. at the Hump. Thanks, Sam. All right. Thanks, Robbie. Hell State. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot him. Welcome back to Thunder and Lightning. Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Robbie Falk with you for the next few minutes of uh, this show. Appreciate you guys tuning in today to this one. Great great stuff from Sam Purcell. Uh, we'll probably have that on the podcast feed for you guys to listen to if you did miss it. But uh, some really good comments from a great guy, a guy that's full of energy. I've really loved covering him and his team 
so far has been uh, solid this season. In year two, last year went to the NCAA tournament, won over 20 games, won, uh, had a fi- over 500 record in SEC play, won two games in the NCAA tournament, and uh, had some high expectations coming into the season. Now, they, they hit a bump in the road with a couple injuries with their post players. Aaron Barnum, the all-conference player from Arkansas, went down with an injury for a couple of weeks. Jessica Carter was out for three ball games, I believe, and they lost two games during that stretch. Now, if those players are healthy, like he said, I agree with them. They're 14-0 and right now, probably top 15 in the country. They were hovering around top 20 at that point. That was huge for them, but... You do get a chance to have a little bit of a reprieve there whenever you move into postseason play by saying, you know, hey, our top two post players were out in that ball game or in those two ball games, and in the Miami game they had their top three post players out. So, you know, it's it was it was a tough stretch there, but they've responded well when they've had Jessica Carter and Aaron Barnum. In the lineup, they've been undefeated, and they've responded really nicely. Jessica Carter's averaged uh, close to 20 points per game since she's returned the last four games. You're starting to see a lot of players step up. They won two true road games in a row with Memphis and Colorado State uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was a big stretch there. This team's played a lot of road games in non-conference play, sitting at 12-2 and now as they finish out non-conference play this Friday at the Hump, 6.30 p.m. against Mississippi Valley State. And then uh, conference play tips off on January 4th against Vanderbilt. They go on the road to a top-five South Carolina team on Sunday. Uh, after that, that game's on ESPN. And then you got um, an, a game against Arkansas and Fayetteville. A tough stretch there. you got Ole Miss coming on January 14th to the hump. So uh, it's not going to be easy going for the Bulldogs, but they've got to pick up some wins here to build that NCAA tournament resume. I believe Charlie Cream from ESPN had the Bulldogs as a nine seed coming into the week, going on the road to play, um, obviously, in the first round of the tournament. But safely in at this point, nine seed is, is a good spot to be in for a Mississippi State team that has a couple of losses. Um, you know, their counterpart at Ole Miss had, I believe, fallen to the bubble. They've lost three ball games in non-conference play. Both Mississippi schools have some work to do. Both Mississippi uh, men's team... Uh, are looking pretty darn good right now. Ole Miss undefeated. Obviously, the Mississippi State team without Tolu Smith has been seriously impressive since losing two rough ball games to Georgia Tech and Southern. And since that time, destroyed Tulane. Uh, you remember that game, the the holiday hoops giving ball game. Had a tough ball game against Murray State that um, definitely checked some. Uh, some hearts out there for Mississippi State fans. But last two games have been really good for the Bulldogs. Went to Tupelo and had a huge second half against North Texas, beat them 72-54. to And then last week, I thought, just a fantastic ball game on December 23rd in the Gotham Classic in uh, New Jersey against Rutgers. That game played in Newark, New Jersey. It technically wasn't a road game for the Bulldogs, and it won't go down as a road game on their resume, which kind of stinks because that was absolutely a road game for Mississippi State. Not only did they go to New Jersey, which is you know as big of a road game as you can have, it was no neutral site ball game for them. It was basically a home game for Rutgers. Great crowd on hand, packed out arena, Mississippi State was playing in a a, a true road-type environment, but 
unfortunately, it's not going to go down as a road game. All the same, it was a game that tested Mississippi State's will. It was a ball game, another one without Tolu Smith. He's getting closer to coming back from his injury, which, by the way, I, I, I think you should see him on Sunday against Bethune-Cookman. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, but I feel pretty good about him making his debut on Sunday at the Hump, and we'll, we'll monitor that, obviously. But uh, for sure you will see him for the first SEC game of the year at South Carolina on January 6th. But State trying to finish strong here and go 11-2 and in non-conference play, I think most everybody would take that preseason without Tolu Smith you know, you you got some new pieces in there. You don't didn't really know what you had in Jimmy Bell in the post. I think everybody would take eleven and two. Now, you would like to have that Southern game back. That was a game you did not need to lose. That's a Southern team that's not very good. It's a SWAC team. Mississippi State, with or without Tolu Smith, should have won that ball game. They lose at sixty to fifty nine. They were up double digits in the second half and couldn't close it out. So that that was just an inexcusable loss. But like the women, they'll be able to turn back to those two games against Georgia Tech and Southern and say we didn't have our all-conference and potential All-American center in Tolu Smith. And especially if he turns around and has a huge conference schedule, which he could, that's going to be a valid argument. But against Rutgers, you know, as well as Jimmy Bell is playing, it might not be a valid argument. Because Jimmy Bell has been fantastic, and he was again against Rutgers. SEC Player of the Week, by the way, 17 points, 18 rebounds. This guy was an absolute monster in the post for Mississippi State against Rutgers, and you obviously do not win that game without him. There's several games you lose without Jimmy Bell so far in non-conference play. And that's why we talked preseason about the importance of Jimmy Bell and how you know maybe he didn't have to be Tolu Smith as far as his production is concerned. But you needed him to average, you know, seven to eight points, eight to nine rebounds a game, I think, to feel really good about your post play without Tolu. He's averaged 9.6 points and 9.4 rebounds a game. He has gone above and beyond what you expected him to do. He scored double digits in six games. He's had double digit rebounds in six games as well. And I think what you've gotten from him is a steady presence in the post that not in a night out is not going to be a guy that's going to score 20, 25 points, but he's going to be a consistent rebounder for you, a consistent defensive presence, a big body guy. I mean, this guy's huge, 6'10", 280. He used to be over 300 pounds. He played on the line at West Virginia on the football team. And he's just a massive human being, and he's he's given you more than enough. And you feel really good about conference play now. You got Tolu Smith, you got Jimmy Bell, you got a healthy Keyshawn Murphy who's starting to come along as well. This is a team that, when everybody falls into their role, and I, I still think it's going to take some posturing a little bit with Tolu Smith coming back, but. When everybody falls into their role and everybody's playing their game, this is a dangerous team. They're, they're, I don't think they're even on the cusp of playing how well they could. Josh Hubbard's been a, a you know revelation at this point. 
We, we thought he would make a difference in year one, but leading the team and scoring 15 points a game, hitting 33 three-pointers, nearly 39% of his three-point attempts, I don't think we could have anticipated that year one. Cameron Matthews has just been phenomenal across the board. Ten points on the year, seven rebounds a game. You know, he's he's been a guy that has has led out transition, been a good passer. You know, DJ Jeffries, I think, has grown this year. Shaq Moore's kind of getting back into his groove a little bit. Rams Davis has had some good ball games. This is a team that I think can be, you know, significantly better than they are right now. Keyshawn Murphy is in, in just six games, he's starting to look better and better, averaging six points a game. You know, your post play is about to get a major boost, and it's been a strength for you this year. I I'm really excited about what they do whenever Tolu Smith gets back. And you know, that first I feel like that first part of conference play is so huge and it's not going to be easy. And you got a South Carolina team that's had some good moments this year, and that's on the road right off the bat. You got Tennessee and Alabama back to back in Starville. Now those should be some monster crowds, should be a great environment, but those are going to be two difficult ball games. This out this isn't the Alabama team from last year. This is a winnable game for Mississippi State. But it's still a very talented team coached by a great coach in Nate Oates. And Tennessee's playing some great basketball as well. Turn around, you play Kentucky and Lexington. I mean, th- those first four games in conference play are going to be tough. Can Mississippi State come out of it with two wins? You know, I, I think you're in good shape if you're able to do that. The The rest of the schedule, to me, is just not super daunting. I don't, I don't think this conference is just top to bottom great. But there's some opportunities there in the first part of the schedule. And if Tolu Smith can come in and not be so rusty and, and give you some good uh, minutes, and then you got Jimmy Bill behind him, the sky's the limit for this team. I, I like where this team sits, and we'll see where they're, they're able to go. All right, come back for one more segment here on Super Talk Mississippi Thunder and Lightning Live is live, and we'll be back for one more segment right after this break. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the final segment of Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I want to thank you guys for joining in today. Even if I'm not Brian, I appreciate that anyway. I hope you guys have had a Merry Christmas so far. Great conversation today. Uh, talk to Sam Purcell. Again, if you guys didn't hear that, you can go back and listen, and you can listen to any of this show on our podcast feed. Also, don't forget to check out Thunder and Lightning, the podcast. If you aren't listening to it, we had a monumental year this year. Brian shared the numbers with me, and I was just blown away. Uh, so thank you to all our listeners that listen to that five days a week. We will finally be back um, next week. I believe. So taking a week off, I'm a little depressed about that, but um, I'll be back with my friend here shortly. All right, before we get out of here, there's a few things I want to talk about, and it starts kind of with the transfer portal for Mississippi State. So the Bulldogs, uh, we discussed earlier in the show some of the pieces that they've picked up in the transfer portal and a few other guys that we didn't mention 
Um, LSU offensive lineman Marlon Martinez. He was a guy, kind of the swing guy for LSU off the bench last couple of years. A good veteran piece that's going to come in and compete uh, on the offensive line for MSU. Suleiman Kapaka, I think is his name, from Purdue. Defensive lineman, a guy that has been a backup for Purdue. You know, he and uh, Kedrick Bingley Jones from North Carolina right now kind of look like depth pieces for Mississippi State. They've got to have some impact guys on that defensive line. They've got some good talent coming back, but they really need an edge rusher, which Jeff Levy said they were after in the portal in the second half of this. Um, but they really need a guy that can come in and really put some pressure on the edge for them, and that's going to be kind of the task for them in the coming months is finding a guy that can help them there. One guy that I think can help Mississippi State on the defensive side of the ball that just entered the transfer portal today is South Carolina linebacker Stone Blanton. And that's a familiar name to a lot of people. Was a great player in the MAIS at MRA. Was a Mississippi State baseball commitment for over a year. And a lot of people felt like he was going to end up in Starkville playing both sports or at least football. Uh, when he was recruited a couple years ago, it was a battle between Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and South Carolina. South Carolina won out, and that was a surprise for a lot of people as the four-star linebacker ended up in Columbia. Well, now he's entered the transfer portal. And I've seen a lot of people that have dismissed this possibility for Mississippi State of getting a guy like Stone Blanton, but you just can't turn down guys like this at this point in the game. You're looking for guys that can come in and compete for you right away on the defensive side of the ball, you just don't have the luxury of turning down a guy that's started every game last year in the SEC and has played in every game of his career to this point, I believe. 24 games played, 59 tackles. He had 52 tackles this year, had a sack, had an interception. He returned back for a touchdown. Blanton has been heavily linked to Mississippi State this time around. I believe at this time that... He ends up being a Mississippi State Bulldog, but you know things can change. I, I feel good about it. He's a guy that helps you, I think, on defense. I, I think he starts for Mississippi State next year. And it, at the very least, he brings out the best of other players in that locker room. So I just don't think you can turn down a guy like that. Mississippi State also expecting um, to host a, a few guys this weekend. Cam Smith, a defensive back from Memphis, and um, you know, I believe also Hershey McLaurin, who's a guy from Mississippi, from West Virginia, is also into the portal. A defensive back that the Bulldogs are expected to host this weekend. They hosted Dante Dowdle. You know, talking about other guys from Mississippi that went elsewhere. Dante, a lot like Stone Blanton, he was a Mississippi State guy growing up. The Bulldogs, I thought, the coaching staff kind of botched his recruitment a little bit when he was coming up at Picayune, but set all kind of records at Picayune, led them to a couple state championships. And Mississippi State had him on campus the last official visit weekend. He's going to wait a little bit, I think maybe take a couple other visits. But that's a running back that you can't turn down. And coming from Oregon, that's a guy that Mississippi State could definitely use, and they're hot on the trail for him. Also hot on the trail for another running back in Daniel Hill from Meridian. Bulldogs are down to, um, you know, it's down to them in Alabama. And we will find out on January 6th if he's going to be a Bulldog in the uh, All-American game. So that's something that uh, you know we're obviously going to be on the lookout for. But so far, it, it looks like Mississippi State's in good position to land Daniel Hill, which would be a massive pickup. 
and give Jeff Lebby a lot of the credit. Mississippi State was not in the game for this kid until Lebby came to Starkville. And almost immediately, he got him on campus for a visit. I think that speaks volumes of his recruiting ability. Also, Stonka Burnside, January 3rd is going to be his announcement. We don't know for sure where he's headed. I feel really good about it for Mississippi State, but battling Ole Miss for him, and this is a difference maker at wide receiver, could be a difference maker for you at safety as well. Um, if he if he somehow you know ends up there, that's a guy that in the SEC can play multiple positions, and you'll take those guys all day. So watch out for those two. Look out for Stone Blanton. His you know I don't know when he's going to announce, but that's a guy to look out for as well. A lot of recruiting is coming down the pipe for Mississippi State. They got a lot of spots to fill. Jeff Lebby is starting to bring this roster together, and uh, we'll have all of that for you on Thunder Lightning the podcast and on Thunder Lightning Live. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for checking in. Hope you have a happy new year. Brian will be back next week. This has been Thunder Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.